the letter my father wanted you to deliver, he said. What happened to it? I have it here, said Zin Zhao. He loosened it from his belt and handed the leather case over. Jarvan took it, broke the case open, and unfurled the sheet of vellum within. His eyes flicked back and forth as he read his father's words. Zin Zhao saw Jarvan's expression harden. Then he crushed the letter in both hands, twisting it as if he were wringing a neck before handing it back. Destroy it, Jarvan said. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in Rotarian Universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Scarlet Soldiers, and with me today are three very special guests. Mind introducing yourselves? Hi. Hello. We, we didn't say who should go first. Hello, I'm Rebecca. It feels weird to have anyone go first but you. Okay, sorry. And I'm John. <laughs> My name's Mark. And <laughs> uh, we're from the League of Loreheads podcast, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's that's the name of our podcast, Mark. Uh, it's been a yeah, long day, <laughs> right? Let me tell you. Um, and yeah, uh, we we go through the League of Legends champions. Uh, we're kind of hitting them from A to Z, and we're we're in the midst of the K's right now, uh, digging through those. Yeah, we're wrapping up the K's the actually. Oh, really? Are we nearing the end of the tunnel? We are nearing the of end them. of the the long. Yeah, you seem to be nearing the end of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. There's a light, <laughs> and it starts with L. <laughs> hey, how apropos. It's beautiful. Oh, very true. I'll zooping into, like, Lux and some other champions soon, too. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And Lulu. And Lulu. Oh, yeah, and Lulu. That's very true. So based all on right. what you chose as the quote for the opening <laughs> of the episode, are we all in agreement mm-hmm. that the best uh, Jarvan story is the Sinjao story? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that is the best uh, Jarvan story is the Sinjao story. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, we'll just hop into, like, what is Jarvan's story, essentially? Jarvan, as a character, and as a, his story goes on, as we kind of know him, he is... He is the prince. He's Jarvan IV prince of the of Demacia. His father being Jarvan the Third, although now Jarvan the Dead. <laughs> Damn. And, yeah. Too soon, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jarvan the Fourth is well known throughout the story that he is someone who is trying to prove himself a lot. In some of his earliest uh, tales, he tried to go up against Noxus, had a really bad time with that. That did not go well for him. He also tried to go against several bordering tribesmen, which he got a little bit better dealing with, but it was still a learning process for him every single time. All of this against his father's wishes, because Jarvan IV is like, I'm going to go be a general in Demacia's armies, and his dad's like, no, please don't, I need you here. He's like, no, I don't care, I'm going to go out and lead people. And for the most part, he seems to be actually a fairly decent general, uh, his Noxus adventure notwithstanding. <laughs> and uh, because at least he met Shivana afterwards, so that kind of worked out in his favor. Mm, yes, um, the most interesting part about Jarvan, Shivana. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, and before we I get into Shivana there and we get into Shivana in general, uh, Jarvan, like, as the story goes on, we see that he is someone who is being pressured a lot by like all the noble families and outside forces to 
become this person who they all want him to be, which is this future leader of the Masia. And he himself wants him to be that way. He wants to prove himself to his father and to the fellow members of the Masia. But he's constantly feeling like he can't live up to his father's standards because he very much hero worships his own father. Because his father is this great big leader. He's probably led several different campaigns. We don't learn a lot about his father, except that he seems to be well-loved amongst the people. And very well-loved by the nobles who love being like, yay, do what we say. He's like, sure, I will do whatever you say. Um, especially the mage seekers. The mage seekers seem to have taken a great deal of advantage with Driver the Third. Uh, which eventually obviously led to the Mage Rebellion, which did not go well for anyone. Except uh, the mages. Lots of dead no <laughs> Yeah, except for the mages. Uh, seeming well, well that's si a little Silas <laughs> at first. Silas made out like a bandit. <laughs> Silas did. But as we soon saw, like because of what Silas's actions, it quickly led to harsher crackdowns by mage seekers, which led to more deaths of mages. Lux trying to do, to do her best to sneak mages out of the situation. But why does that happen? Well, Jarvan, is, this is where I, I think Jarvan's a very interesting character yeah. in the story, because up until that point, up until the Mage Rebellion, he was actually fairly pro-mage. Like, not like free the mages pro-mage necessarily, but more along the lines of mages shouldn't be sent to prison for life because they have magic line of thinking. So, a little bit better, basically. <laughs> he, he did agree that that was bad, and that sh probably should end. But he wasn't really doing a lot to do that, possibly because he didn't feel like he had the ability to. I don't know. Jarvan the Fourth was... Real Azir vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! A little bit of Azir vibes there. But uh, we do know that because of his pro-mage leanings, that is the reason that uh, Lux was sent to be married to him eventually. She, she was going to be married to him. Because they felt that he's, first off, more pro-mage. So if he ever finds out she's a mage, that's not too bad. <laughs> and also, if anyone else finds out after she's married, she's now the queen. She's now the future queen. No one's going to do anything to her. Hopefully. <laughs> that's what the crown guard hope. And uh, then the mage rebellion happened, during which time we learned that Jarvan III was actually planning on making some... Some reconciliation efforts towards mages. He was planning on doing something to stop the, the rise of the mage seekers and give more for, better rights for mages. Well, what great timing, Jarvan the Third. I'm going to wait until the mages are literally killing people because they're they're so downtrodden and such such class citizens. But he was planning on doing that, so I guess credit where his credit is due before he died. And then he's dead. Next time we see him, he's dead. And no one knows who killed him. Silas didn't kill him. Jarvan IV has no idea who killed him, but he blames Silas, even though he didn't kill him, obviously. But Jarvan IV blamed Silas, and probably more accurately, he blamed mages as a whole. He was just pointing at Silas in particular. And since then, Jarvan has done a complete heel turn, and now instead of being like, yay, mages deserve his rights, he's like, no, mages deserve to be genocide and wiped from existence. Yeah. What a, what a lovely man, Jarvan IV. Yeah, I have a feeling, well, one, I have a feeling that Riot also doesn't know who killed Jarvan the Third. They haven't quite figured that one out. Obviously, yet. LeBlanc. Everything's LeBlanc. Yeah. Everything's LeBlanc's fault. That's what we like to say. There were a lot of hints that it was likely LeBlanc who did it. I was also yeah. thinking it'd be interesting if it wasn't a mage at all. So then J Four is going on this rampage against mages, and it was just some fucking he just had a like, heart butler. attack. <laughs> no, he had like <laughs> no, he ate way too much fried food. And <laughs> I was say, oh, so that, then... that baconator is not sitting well with J Four. <laughs> so Jarvan wages a war against Mickey D's. And... <laughs> 
the war against obesity. That would be amazing. That would be good. Yeah. I love this. Oh, I love it. I don't know. I um. But as we see, like um, post post major rebellion, post the death of Jarvan the Third, Jarvan the Fourth is technically speaking not king yet. He is in line to be king still, but we learned that Damasi has this weird like kind of council of voting to decide who the next king is going to be. Everyone knows that Jarvan the Fourth is going to be that because he is next in line. However, they have not confirmed him yet because once again they don't think he is ready. Jarvan the Fourth is like. I have to be ready. Who else is going to lead? Not any of you a-holes. So you have that problem. And because of that, he feels like he has to appease to literally everyone in the council, mage seekers included, who we have quickly learned the mage seekers basically have their fingers in every single noble family, except for maybe like one or two, which is also not great. (laughs) So we have a situation where Jarvin is filled with anger because his father was killed supposedly by mages, that's what he thinks. And then we have the mages who were very much pushing, like, yes, it was the mages' fault. They're the ones that killed your father. Of course they did. Please, let us have more power in your country. Less. That's totally what we want. And meanwhile, everyone who could potentially talk Jarvan down from his more radical viewpoint are absent. Uh, Lux is basically fully gone from the Jarvan picture. She doesn't want to be anywhere near him right now. Garen's off doing campaigns trying to capture Silas, because he thinks if he captures Silas, that will help bring Jarvan down to a more reasonable level. And Xin Zhao's just like, I do what the king says. So, not very helpful. Thank you, Xin Zhao, for just yeah. folding over. I think the real I like question the is like... interpretation. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Well, I was going to say, the, the big question is like, where's Shivana? Right, because I think if you're looking <laughs> at somebody, that's true. Like who we would don't know what's going on with Shivana yet. Yeah, I think that's a really big missing like piece in the Jarvan puzzle overall, because she's such a big part of his his background anyway. Like, there's not many stories that seem yeah. to involve the couple, um, but you know, it seems like if you're going to have someone, I think I remember saying this when we did the episode that like if you're going to have someone who would pull him back, you know, acro- back onto the side of good or reasonability, it might be someone like Shivana who would who would be in that position to be, like, uh, ostracized or hunted in Demacia, right? Yeah, it, it, the situation is just awkward because we don't know a lot about it. The most we have from it now is from a one or two short stories you might have that doesn't really go into detail about it, and an entirely different property in Legends of Terra, where we get cards showing that she does have her own, like, regiment, essentially, that she's in charge of who are all specialized in hunting down dragons. Mm. And she is in charge of that. And they seem to like her. So it's this weird dynamic where they hate magic, but except for Shivana's regiment, they like her. <laughs> even though she is a truly magical creature. Like, there's no argument here. She turns into a freaking dragon. That is her That is her thing. Totally normal. Yeah. These guys dragons are, like, cool, are fine. fine. They're, I mean, not <laughs> They're just creatures. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like there could be more going on. Like, maybe the Matrixers don't like what's going on with Shivana, and maybe they're keeping her away from Jarvan. We just don't know. It's Until we get some more clarification about the Shivana-Jarvan situation, we just don't know yet. I, I would like to think that that's what's going on, is the Mage Seekers are interfering with Shivana's ability to be with Jarvan. That would make a lot of sense. The Mage Seekers are well known for being very very much interfering with all the interpolitics of, of Demacia. But we'll just have to wait and see. Mm. Um, I like the that idea. Getting... I will say, mm. I, I really like that idea of the mage seekers running like interference between them. 
you know, right. like counterintelligence like a young type adult stuff. Novel or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> just like intercepting Forbidden letters love. and <laughs> no. Or the alternative theory is the the Superman Clark Kent. They're actually one person, and that's why we never see the two of them in the same place at the same time anymore. <laughs> Siobhan and Jarvin? Yep. That's why sh- only Siobhan was at the Mage Rebellion, and why only that's Jarvin was at the, the Mage Rebellion time. and no Siobhan. <laughs> oh, Lord. They have become one. <laughs> it's a better it is, disguise. It is interesting, though. <laughs> it is interesting that we're seeing a lot of evidence that Jarvin the reason he's being more more radicalized is because of his absence of people who would be willing to talk to him and bring him down from this more radical viewpoint he's developed. Like like I said, we're missing Gar- Garen, we're missing Lux, and we're missing Shivana, and the only other person who might talk to him just isn't willing to disagree with his nephew in, in Jinjou. He's an enabler, yeah, like, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah he's, an enab- <laughs> he's kind of an enabler. He's Not in his Fox News bubble right now. <laughs> You're not wrong. He, she, he is in kind of an echo chamber where all he's hearing is e- evil mages, evil mages, and he's already angry because his father was seemingly killed by mages in his viewpoint. And so now, all, and so he's just being filled to the brim with mages must die, and so therefore he says mages must die. Um, which this is so fascinating to see that that's kind of the direction his character is going. And is this someone who was originally more moderate slash? Like progressive leaning in terms of like internal Demacian politics, but now he is full on like kill kill everyone I don't like, like full on he's full he's basically a full on uh, fascist dictator at this point. Like there's no real argument against that. That's what he's become. I suppose. It's I mean, really kind of tragic. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know about like fascist dictator insofar as like I don't know how he maintains control of the the country like i just don't know like how his government works to be honest <laughs> right that's that's fair that's fair. um but yeah absolutely i mean i think it's the most interesting part of jarvin because I, I think a lot of the stuff until we maybe get more about like the background stuff with shivana um like this to me is like a really interesting turn for a character it's 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 i'm interested to see his his down like his descent you know things get worse for him you know yeah. or him get further radicalized and just see what happens I mean, ultimately, I don't even know if it's going to be Shivana who pulls him out of it. I think Garen is more likely or makes a lot more sense, especially because Garen, he kind of had the opposite turn that Jarvan did, which made it more Mm -hmm. interesting is Garen has always very anti-mage while also like kind of knowing deep down that his sister was a mage. Yeah. And then by the end of Lux's comic, he helps them escape. And that was while Jarvin was doing the exact opposite. So I find that really interesting. I feel like Lux and Garen are more likely to pull Jarvin back to reality, if it's even possible. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Riot's going to continue. They don't like to move forward with character stories. Jarvin's going to be stuck where he is for a long time. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) Yeah, and unfortunately, we now have the aftermath of the ruination to work through. That does not exist. Which is throwing a whole nother (laughs) wrench into the situation. Yeah, but not a good one, right? (laughs) Not a a very... It's it's a very bent, like, ugly-looking wrench. It's like an actual problem. They threw a spork in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of true, like, like, getting to, like, that core problem is Jarvin's story right now is kind of in a state of limbo where we don't know where it's going to go right now. And that's really frustrating because like like I've kind of implied I really like the direction they're taking his character I really like this idea of he is someone 
who was driven by grief and sorrow, and he has had no time to really process any of that. And so he, the first thing he goes to is rage. Like, he is just angry all the time. And there's no one there to chill him out, to calm him down, to talk to him and make him really think about what he's doing. And because of that, he's just getting more and more angry and more and more radicalized until he's become what we see now, which is very much a monster in Damasi. He is just out there ordering the ages to be killed by the thousands because that's what he thinks should be done because my dad's dead. I do like that you mentioned he was kind of like a a general, but more against his father's wishes leading from the front. And then his dad died and he's like, man, I'll never have a chance to disappoint him again. And then he reads the note that says save the mages and he's like, yes, my opportunity. It's time. He's, he's still in his rebellious stage. Jarvin's still shopping at Hot Topic. Arrested development. That is, kind of, that is kind of true. It's interesting. Like in, in the opening quote that I started with for this episode, we, we heard him literally saying like this letter that he had in that short story was a letter from his father to the leader of the Mage Seekers, uh, who I believe is uh, Tiana's uh, like husband. husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really know the content of that letter, but whatever it was, it made Jinjo pretty shocked. And more than likely, based on what we know about Jarvan III in the last days of his life, it was likely something on the lines of maybe dissolving the Mage Seekers or doing some sort of action that would have heavily lowered the power that the Mage Seekers have in the country. And now Jarvan read it, got angry, and wants it destroyed because... It's going against what he wants now, which what he wants now is vengeance. He doesn't care about he doesn't care about what the mages have been through. All he cares about is the mages killed my dad, so mages all die. And that's all he cares about now. And it's really interesting to see that he in that righteous anger he feels like he has, he is literally ignoring the last wishes of his father. Yeah. Well, it's, he, it's ignored... a... he doesn't care about his what's bothering him. He ignored <laughs> the one who was alive too, so I guess it's not that true. <laughs> Nothing if not consistent, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it's it's that's true. It's a nice setup for a tragedy. I mean, I think that the way I kind of would like to see this all play out is I I think coming to your point, Rebecca, I wouldn't expect to see Jarvin get re like pulled back over. I would really like to see Demacia split, and I would like to see like a three faction situation between like Silas's mages, old Demacia with like Jarvin leading it, and then a sort of new rebuilt Demacia with like a mage non-mage coalition between like Garen, Lux, Shivana's contingent, like some of those people, Quinn kind of reforging Demacia mm. in this new kind of light. It'd be a nice parallel to the Noxian Triferrix. Oh, that Again, would be right? really interesting. Three sisters? Just, 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 <laughs> three oh, Ionians? Damn. It's just Riot always likes the on. number three. <laughs> That's true. It would be interesting. Um, it would be even, it's also interesting because like Jarvan's whole situation is kind of reflective of Demacia as a whole. Um, like, really thinking about it, Demacia as a country was founded on a sense of grief, essentially. Like, they saw the horrors of the of the Rune Wars. Like, they saw them firsthand, and they fled from them. And because of that, they developed a hatred for magic, which only got further pushed by their protector in Kale, with Morgana trying to say, hey, let's not be all hate-filled and an eye for an eye about this, and they're like, no, we like eye for an eye. It makes us feel good. <laughs> and now we see that reflected once again in Jarvan IV, and he is someone who doesn't care about redemption or redeeming or what's better for the country. He cares about what makes him feel better. It's a very selfish point of view, which Demacia 
in a sad way, was kind of founded upon. It was founded on this very selfish, what makes me feel good, which is killing the people I don't like. And now this it's still continuing. It's kind of the the curse of Demacia, in a way, is this this hatred for the other, essentially, that's been founded since the very beginning. Yeah. I think it's hard because... Or something I, I almost kind of wish I, that Riot would do more is really emphasize the... Um, like the potential like danger of mages, right? Because I think it's, I do agree that you know you talk about like this what may have at one point been like a reasonable fear, right? Like you talk about something that was like a near world ending cataclysm, and if you look at even like other nations now, right? We see a lot of people in power who are you know magically gifted, right? And, and I think that yeah. I wish that Riot would kind of um, build that out a little bit more so that it felt a little more under like you could almost kind of understand how at one time a nation we like hey being a mage is a scary thing for me as a regular like farmer like i just want to grow my crops and my town might just get fireballed into oblivion right yeah kind of like x-men right how you kind of can see why people have like a deep fear of mutants yeah there's a lot of parallels between those two kind of like i mean i was thinking about x-men the whole time i was thinking about like demasi and all this (laughs) stuff right like do you support the the mage registration you know legislation (laughs) or whatever (laughs) i mean that's not unlikely like we see like that's kind of what they were doing uh pre jarvin saying genocide for all mages they're basically registering the mages. They were going around mm. like, "Oh, you're a mage. Oh, time you have to either drink this potion, which is super toxic, terrible for you, makes you literally rips a part of your soul away from you, essentially, or you go to prison for the rest of your life, where you still have to drink the the evil anti magic potion." So it was literally a way of round of categorize like you are this thing that we don't like. This is your, this is a thing that we don't want. And therefore, we're going to excise it however we have, and we're going to hunt it down, essentially. Now, am I like, wrong? They had also like mage, um, like a mage slum sector, if I recall correctly, where all the mages live. Yeah, annulment slums, I think is what they, yeah. they call yeah, it. Slums, See, this yeah. is, I do remember there, I felt like I saw other references to mages who were able to, like, be registered and move through the city, like, normally, right? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like what I remember the issue was is that it's a little inconsistent depending on which pieces you read and like how old they are. Right. Yeah. Say. It's, it's, it seems, as far as we can tell, the most consistent version of that is if said mage was seen as useful yeah. to, the mage, mm-hmm. as, as to the mage seekers in particular, because that's what Silas' situation was. He was originally viewed as useful to the mage seekers. And so he was uh, recruited by the mage seekers told, hey, we're going to use your ability to spot other mages. And therefore, he was the good mage. He was the mage they approved of because he had an ability that they could abuse and use. And now, and once he decided to fight back in any way, uh, which we have that whole tragedy of where he accidentally killed three people, uh, well, guess what? You're now the mass murderer of this location. You're the most evil thing in existence. He had... Locked away in the darkest corner of the world. He had one whoopsie. <laughs> you know, triple manslaughter, not a big deal. Right? We've Who hasn't careened into a family one night? You just out. <laughs> well, it's kind of... Like, I always think back to that because it... Like, it's true. Like, he did kill three people. There's no argument there. But arguably it was in self-defense. And... Worse yet, it, they don't say 
he killed three people. They call it like a massacre, mm-hmm. which makes which makes it sound like he killed like fifty people in a single night or something. Like he's this mass murdering psychopath. When for one moment he touched super powerful magic, was in a self defense attitude, accidentally killed three people, and now he is the dread of all society. That seems way bigger than what he actually was, which was a scared kid. Yeah, I was going to say, he was young, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was very young. Yeah. You would almost... I would say it's interesting, because it's almost like uh, it's like a problem... This kind of lines up with what J3 kind of talks about. Like, all these problems are of our own making, right? Like, oh, imagine yes. a Demacia where he had been brought up, and, you know, it, you got, like, a, a structured way of helping someone understand magic and control it, right? Like, that's a, possibly an entirely avoidable uh, situation. You know, but by yeah, by kind of it, uh, savior teaching them how to use their <laughs> yes, exactly right. Like, yeah. I was gonna get to X Men, but there we go, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true because we have evidence in the Masia that there was a group tr- kind of trying to do that in the Illuminators. We know the Illuminators have been helping Lux control her powers. Uh, now, how much they actually know that she's a mage or not—that's a bit up in the air. But it seems like the Illuminators were trying to kind of help mages out. Um, there's evidence that Illuminators are basically the closest thing in Demacia there is to a pro-mage group. Um, as in, they don't think mages deserve to die. They're just like, <laughs> we don't really like mages like the rest of you, but but we're going to try to help them not kill everyone. Like a tiny bit. It's a low bar, but they clear it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they do clear it, that's true. You gotta walk before um, you can I, run, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like Sona, Sona's uh, adoptive family are the ones that are... A big, a big leadership in the Illuminaries, I believe, mm-hmm. as well. I don't know. We haven't gotten I'll an tr- S I'll yet. I'll trust you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think see that. Uh, she Jarvan seems like was dead. referenced in the story. Was was it Sona's dad who died in the story? Yeah, I know you're talking they, about. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. I think so. That they had mentioned Jarvan. Jarvan gave like a speech about, uh, you know, at, at the funeral that essentially boiled down to, oh, we're going to get the fucking people who did this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You know. Once again, feeding into that anger and, and rage, like <laughs> that, that is like okay. Uh, going to go on a bit on a tangent in a little bit, but before that, I do have a mid-break thing to do, so we're gonna do that real quick. Mm-hmm. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore Two for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash goldsoldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games, and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. And once again, I want to give a big thank you for everyone who's been listening and rating for the podcast. Thank you so, so much. It has really been a big boon for me in helping me continue to want to do this show, even as holiday craziness happens and other IRL things come in, come in to try to rip me away. I always come back, and thanks to you guys, like, really making me want to continue doing this uh you guys any have any shouts you want to do shout out to john and rebecca my co-hosts <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know i um well now i'm gonna feel like a dick if i don't shout out mark i'm not shouting no. out mark fuck, <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> no i think we um, mentioned it. i mean you guys can give the actual links or something if you want yeah it's gonna say you could if you want to uh watch us stream too we're at uh, twitch.tv slash loreheads. Yeah, John um, streams uh, TFT on Mondays at about 7 p.m. EST. He's pretty good. He was diamond like last year, so he'll go through 
you know, what he's doing and if you have questions. <laughs> Give you some hot tips yeah. as you watch me lose. <laughs> it's usually like a fairly small audience, so he'll be able to talk to you. <laughs> and then on Saturdays, we'll just kind of goof off on the rift together. Yeah. I think that's nice. it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's get back to the show proper, which I literally have this next section. They're just called grief and radicalization. So that's a we've already been kind of talking about that with Darwin as a, as a character about mm. how um, grief and radicalization is a core part of his current story. Um, but like, let's get more into like why, like why do we think Darwin, when like has been so so affected by his father's death? Like, why is it so extreme? Like obviously, someone's someone someone's family member dying is always a major event, but this is something like beyond that. It's so extreme that now he's acting on, acting. He wants genocide to happen now. Mm. Like it's such a radical change for him. Mm. Like I have a theory, and it does seem to be oh. fueled by his grief, and it's very interesting. John has a theory. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Okay. This might be a long shot. Oh, well, oh okay. Cannot okay. Wait. Hold on. Is this bullshit? <laughs> oh, like boy. Like, okay. no. So well, let's hear it. I trust. So after reading Kindred. We know that Jarvan the mm. second used to take Jarvan the third out to the theater a lot to watch Kindred plays, where he got to see a, a firsthand account of kind of the sometimes the more beautiful aspects of death, and maybe uh, you know that's kind of he was he was raised with that in mind and with the arts impressed upon him, and really the the vision that we see of Jarvan the fourth, I think the story we get of him as a kid is he has accompanied Jarvan III on, like, a war campaign. He's seeing a very different side of death here and was not raised with the arts. So now he hasn't learned to confront death like Jarvan III had because he hasn't uh, been given the tools to do so. Hmm. You know, I don't hate okay. that. I thought you were okay. going to spew some old bullshit, but I actually really yeah. really like that. John, I actually like that, too. It's a 50-50 shot. He's either going to have some good insight or completely troll. And you just never Sometimes know. Sometimes it's both. Little, little, little call me. You <laughs> know, the line between me. insanity and genius is razor thin, okay? Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I do think that that's actually pretty, a pretty good point. In, because we saw that Jarvan III, like, once again, in the Lex Comet, he was, he was fairly old by that point. Like, we don't know exact age, but probably, like, 70s or so. Like, very much later in his life. And that is when he started to think, hey, maybe we did bad to the mages. Maybe we should do something good. And while Jarvan, during, like, this was during the mage crisis, like, in the middle of the mages are literally assaulting the keep. And that's what Jarvan III is thinking. He's thinking, we messed up. This is on us. Jarvan IV was not thinking that in that moment. He was thinking, hey, we're being assaulted on the keep. We have to go out and, and put down this rebellion. Only Jarvan III was the one thinking about we did this. We failed to do the right thing. Well, four was just like, no, we're under attack. We got to defend ourselves. That's all he cared about. He didn't think about what caused these events to unfold. Meanwhile, his father did, which could be back to like what you're saying. Like Jarvin the third has the experience. Like he, like you said, he saw death in those plays. He probably had a broader perspective because of what his father did for him. Or meanwhile, was too obsessed with trying to prove himself to the country as a whole, to his father, to everyone. When, as far as I can tell, his father never really asked him to prove himself. Like, he never really was heaping all the responsibility on him. Jarvin IV was kind of putting that on himself. He felt like he had to live up to his father's standards and stuff. And because of that, he now feels like he has to do a big thing, I'm guessing, after his father's death. 
which big things. Now stand aside and killing like mages. <laughs> and not listening to Make a big dad. splash, how, you know what I mean? How old was he supposed to, to be? Do we know his canon age? Oh, I think J4. mid-30s is what know. I would guess. J4? Really? Yeah. Maybe because late we were 20s. Supposed to understand that he was not... That he's, that he's still considered too young to be a king. Gotcha. So you gotta be thirty-five to be president. <laughs> Introspection yeah. is tough. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. That's true. I was a yeah. freaking dumbass in my. I mean, I still am. <laughs> <early 20>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah, absolutely. I think some of it's you know, with age comes wisdom. I think also when you look at yeah. the actual like events in the comic of that whole sequence for for J four, it's a pretty it's a pretty traumatic thing because it's not just yeah. like oh your dad died. It's like you stumble in on it. Um, and then, you know, Silas kind of has the display with him out in the, the public. It's like a lot. And I could see that, yeah. you know, I don't know if I could handle that. I'm I'm maybe a little younger than Jarvin, right? I'm not saying I'll become a, a yeah. genocidal, like, a dictator or anything. I'm just, <laughs> right. um, that's it not like a complete you. explanation. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. affect you, right? For sure. You yeah. know, I think, yeah. and then talking about the age thing too, right? Like, with age comes wisdom, and then with youth comes, like, exuberance. Right, so he's got his. I think you know, when you're in that younger state of mind, you can kind of find something and feel very passionately about it, and you go 110 percent, just in the, you know, <laughs> off a cliff, right? So, right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I, it's, just, it's just so interesting to me because he originally was so seemingly in favor of like better rights for mages. It seemed like. I wonder. And from this, had this huge 180 turn is so surprising. Well, I wonder if that. I that's, do agree. It's because of that. That sensitivity towards mages has made him feel really guilty because I think guilt is probably mm. a huge reason why she, why she, why J four is lashing out so much, and maybe he's now reflecting on like, wow, I wanted to free them. What was I thinking? Like, yeah. I, you know, uh, I made this yeah. worse. Yeah, in some way, and the fact that he was never freaking there, so he could go play army man, even though Garen is the one who leads the army in Demacia and does a much better job. Jarvin, I'm really sorry, but he does. That's a good point. Uh, you know, yeah, the idea of yeah. of it like weighing on him. You know, of like I, again talking about. I can certainly see like there have been times where I've looked back on things I thought I was like ashamed of myself, almost like I yeah. can't believe I thought that and did those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, if you're kind of setting him up as someone who's driven to kind of constantly be proving himself, giving that sort of self-loathing at the core of it would be a really, I think, smart choice is what I would say. Yeah, I think I think that would be the smart choice in that case in that he is somebody who's filled with the self-loathing and self-hatred because he felt like he failed. Like, he felt like he failed to protect his father. He felt like he failed to protect Demasi as a whole. And now he's, like we said, like, we've been saying, like, he did the big 180. Now he hates mages. He wants other mages to die. Because in his mind, he feels like that's what I should have been doing in the first place to keep Demacia safe. I was wrong to think that mages deserve rights. Mages want us all dead, so might as well kill them first. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what his mindset is now. And I think you're right about um, because right after his father de- died, Silas literally drug him out to be in a public execution. That was the very next thing that happened. Darwin started calling him a pig, like called all the nobles pigs, which. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he may have had a point on that one, but if the, shoe the, fits. the broader thing is that he dehumanized Jarvin right after his mm. father died. That that's pretty terrible. Like, as much as I think Silas had a point in what he was wanting to do, I do agree that how he went about it was maybe not the smartest direction <laughs> in terms of at least how he handled the Jarvin situation. 
Yeah, it's almost uh, it's almost like a mirror of kind of what we're talking about, right? Where it, it feels very good and satisfying for him, I'm sure, to yeah. bring Jarvan up. Because, you know, it's like we're saying, it's like there's certainly points there. You can sympathize, um, you know, but it's just, you know, these cycles of violence that just, you yeah. know, drive us further towards destruction and chaos, you know? Caitlin was it's right true. the and whole I time. Think, <laughs> yeah, no, it, and I think that's why, like, Lux and Garen especially are being set up as, like, what Demacia could become mm. because we have Lux who is a Demacian mage who feels like she deserves to be a mage in Demacia. She deserves to be a specifically a Demacian mage, not just a mage, but a Demacian mage. Um, and this has a lot to do with uh, Lux's past, uh, specifically um, her talk with Gallia when she was really little. And Gallia literally telling her is like, what makes you special? Your gift is important. Do not throw that away. Do not try to get rid of that. Um, is why Galabasis says, like, please stop talking to me so much. You're hurting yourself because I literally eat your magic. Please stop. I, I love you. You're wonderful, but please no. But get the hell out and, of here. Yeah, basically. Like, you're hurting yourself. Please go away. And, and Lex listened to him. And, like, right after she had that conversation, she said no to an annulment potion. And now she is going out trying to help save mages from Jarvan's genocidal rampage. And Garen, like we've been pointing out, also thinks Jarvan's going too far. He also fears magic. Like, he still is kind of on the fence about mages in general, although he does love his sister. We see that multiple times. And he even let his sister escape with mages. Like, she, he, he allowed it. And now he feels like, I have to go back and help my best friend in Jarvan because he's going way too far. And it seems like he's not even just saying, like, he's going way too far in killing mages, but I think he's even saying, like, his attitude towards mages is misguided. I need to help him realize that mages aren't all Silas. Not every mage is Silas evil. Mm -hmm. Like, please, my sister's a mage. You were going to marry her. Please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are besties and like brothers almost. They grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. Really close That's how it's portrayed. Although she did leave him at the altar, so he might not be super uh, sympathetic to that. <laughs> I mean, she did yeah. do that. hashtag Team Lux. I don't give a fuck. Go yeah, girl. I like sad Jarvan just standing <laughs> there. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> this is it. This is why he's really mad at the mages. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do it's with his dad Lux dying. He was abandoned at the altar. Even though he didn't really love her, that was even brought up. He's like, I don't know, man. I kind of like that dragon. I like yeah. that dragon trying to get some <laughs> yeah, like dragon. It seemed like it was very much a political marriage kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. no romance there. Lux is yeah. cool and all, but she doesn't have any wings. <laughs> Do you think she'd wear wings? It's like, I'm her brother, man. Don't ask me that shit. What are your feelings towards scales? <laughs> I'm picturing you. this role play uh, now, please. <laughs> we can move. We can stop. We can stop. Uh, yeah, but like in all seriousness, I think that that should be the direction they take um, Jarvin's character is either need to go full kilt on him kind of like going crazy maybe or like fully being just eaten up by his grief and the radicalization being caused by the mage seekers all surrounding him and cutting him off from any good influence and he becomes an evil dictator like that is an avenue they could take and that'd be very interesting i think jarvin going evil like full evil would be really fascinating especially in counter to what's going on in noxus where swain is trying to decentralize power and like think in trying to like reorganize his country into a slightly better way like, Noxus still has as many problems, but it's interesting to compare Noxus' situation to Damasi's situation, where Damasi's becoming more and more radicalized and more and more uh, 
isolationist and closed off, now especially with Jarvan the Fourth basically in charge along with the Mage Seekers. While Noxus is becoming more and more like we must bring everyone in, everyone must be like have basically full freedom, but you know, in our borders, of course, <laughs> because we're the best. Like that's still Noxus MO, they're still imperialist. But it's interesting that they want to expand outwards because they think that their way is the best way for everyone. Like, it's a very much a... Their intentions are relatively good um, in that sense, even if they're, how their methods are not great. I feel like it's very um, telling how many characters from Demacia have, like, self-loathing as, like, a core part of their character <laughs> compared it's to Noxus. Noxus, yeah, they, they don't loathe themselves at yeah. all, and they shouldn't. No, they don't. Yeah. It, it, is, it is kind of interesting to think about that, that Noxus... The evil-looking country, like there's, they still have like all the reds and blacks and sharp-looking armor and all that. But the more we look at them, the more we realize like they really like themselves, like living not their best in lives. kind of way. <laughs> yeah, they they're just vibing, they're just doing their own thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, Damasia, who are all the pristine, like pure white armor, all this marble everywhere, and they're the ones that are not only currently in a civil war, but none of their citizens seem happy. Yeah. Like, not a single one of them. Even the nobles don't seem fully happy with the situation. I kind of wish... This is, like... I, I really like the idea of Evil Jarvan. I just... I I think to the uh, whole idea is, like, I really wish... This is this is also something I wish Riot would do, is that they would give a, do a little more work to help yeah. show some of the good sides of Demacia, or, like, why... Like, because I can imagine that, like, the average person... If I was going to pick anywhere to live, Demacia might be a really good pick. It seems like there's a lot of security, you know, if you're somebody who's not, maybe just like an average surf peasant type. You're a baris- you know? barista. I'm a yeah. barista, yeah. you know. I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm just trying to serve, you know, fruity drinks. Like, I can't... It might be really good to be in Demacia relative to Noxus, where it's like hmm. you get some of those, a lot of those benefits, but it's also maybe much more cutthroat, things that might be more hostile to a, a calm sort of life. And I would like, mm-hmm. I think... Uh, what I would like for them to kind of just be aware of when they step into an evil J4 storyline, which I hope that they do, um, is just also kind of giving Demacia a path to, like, salvation, right? Like, instead of just... Because I like them... I like the kind of balance of both places having their, their ups and their downs and just being unique, like, cultures, rather than, like, one is specifically good or specifically bad, you know? Like, yeah. we don't want to tip the scales too far in the other way, almost, you know? <laughs> right. Because it is starting to feel like Demacia is kind of becoming too dark now. I mean, in like comparison to Noxus, and, and, and like in a real way, like because I do like the idea that they're morally gray and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a concern that because there's a real thing in like the League of Legends fan community that Noxus is viewed kind of like the good guys when compared to Demacia, when it's supposed to be neither of them are good, neither of them are really truly evil. They're just countries with their own policies mm-hmm. and beliefs. That's how they're supposed to be, but everyone kind of agrees Demacia sucks. Like that is a that is a collective community agreement. Demacia sucks because we see what they do to their people. We see how they push them down, make them hate themselves, get their magic. Like their policies show that. But I do agree that there should be more done to show like there there is some good in Demacia. Like I think Poppy does a really good job of this. Poppy mm. shows what Demacia could be. Um, there's a reason when I talk about Poppy, I've titled the episode Poppy, the ideal of Demacia. <laughs> like, she she is what po- Demacia should be. Um, and Garen is in a similar vein. He, despite his fear of magic, he is beginning to grow beyond that. Like, he's beginning to see, I love Lux. 
like magic or no, I just love my sister. And now it's just beginning to evolve beyond that and maybe like, maybe my fear of magic isn't really right. Maybe I should be rethinking this. Because if my sister's not not evil because she's magic, maybe not all mages are bad too. Um, and we'd really like to see like Garen, maybe that'd be the direction they go is Jarvin because of what he's been through is just too mired in, like I said, the past the traditions of Demacia and this hatred that Demacia was kind, this fear and hatred that Demacia unfortunately became founded in because of the events of the Rune Wars, well-founded or not. And Garen is kind of, and Garen and Lux become the new Demacia. They're the example of what we should have been the whole time, which if, if you're Demacian, if you're, are willing to defend your fellow person and help each other because that's what Demacia was meant to be it was a community based around defense and helping each other helping your neighbor and if that's what they become is this new embodiment this new soul for Demacia that'd be really really fascinating I would love to see them go in that direction where Demacia is heading towards a precipice of becoming an, an evil dictatorship bent on destroying all magic in the world everyone dies if you're not me to being completely radically changed in a good direction with more moderate and progressive lean characters like Garen and Lux and uh, hopefully Shivana. We'll see how Shivana pans out. Yeah. Like, and, or even Quinn, because Quinn is actually a really good example of that too. We see that Quinn loves Demacia too, but she's from like the boonies, essentially. <laughs> like, she's, out, she's, she's out there in the countryside constantly. She is from a much smaller township slash, slash city. And that's what she thinks of Demacia. She thinks Demacia is about protecting these outlying communities that can't protect themselves. That's what she views Demacia as, is community help and defense. Yeah. And, but that's not what Demacia is in the core, like in the great city of Demacia right now. Yeah. I would um, love... Basically, the mage seekers need to be abolished and destroyed. Get rid of the mage seekers, please. <laughs> yeah. Reforge... They're becoming the SS. Let's get rid of them, please. <laughs> Reforge the Demacian identity, man. You know, Demacian <laughs> solidarity now. You know, like, I'm all about that. <laughs> I want I want the clear split. So yeah, I want when I the MMO it. comes out. By the mm. time the MMO comes out, I want two Demacias. I think it'll be so fun. It would just be I, such I want a cool. The, I want the Jarvan Vane Demacia versus <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking Garen Lux Demacia. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's a good direction for it to go. Like I could see by the MMO coming out, like Demacia being divided, like between like the core of Demacia around the Great City, where all mm-hmm. noble families are centered, and where the Mage Seekers have the most power. And then you have all the farmland and boonie areas and mountainside areas where all the people who actually care about the soul of Demacia and want things to be, let's stop killing each other, please. That group, as counter to the internal group who are just fueled by this desire for expulsion of the other, while the rest of the Demacia is like, let's not be so evil, please. Let's chill out. Come on. Yeah. there's a... That's not what Demacia is meant to be. I think it's, it's, a, it's just such a ripe, like... Uh, it's a very fertile ground for for like really interesting storytelling because like consider that whole situation and then also consider that that is that's like open di- like dinner bell ringing for Noxus right Demacia oh, yeah. splits and what what is going to happen is that that massive war you know mongering imperial nation to the east is going to start taking advantage of it and I really just I love of all the things you could do with that you could get into spy games with it you could get into you know, like, 
it's 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 I love it. I love I would love if they did something like Especially that. Especially if it's revealed that LeBlanc is the person who like actually killed Jarvin the Third, like she assassinated him. That would make so much sense. LeBlanc yeah. is literally the person who's like, let's destabilize the enemy of Noxus yeah. so that we can conquer them. Like that makes that's so much up her alley. Like it's ridiculous how much up her <laughs> yeah. alley it is. Because it's already implied that she's kind of doing that in the the first Shield story too at the mm-hmm. at, at that mm-hmm. other kingdom. Yeah, yeah. that other kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like if it was LeBlanc, no one will ever find out unless LeBlanc tells them. That's how <laughs> that's how good she is. The only person I could think figuring out would be Swain. Maybe. Swain has been shown to be the only one on LeBlanc's level at at all. Yeah. I would love for Swain to be like, that'd be really interesting if maybe like the split happens in Demacia, Jarvan and his faction are doing their thing, Garen and Lux and their faction are doing their thing. And then suddenly Swain just shows up and he's like, okay, I love what's going on here. <laughs> Keep fighting each other. That's great. That's great for me. However, I want you to know this a-hole lady from my country basically caused this. So... Just so you know, maybe kill her. That'd make me. That'd make me happy. I hate her. So you know, do your thing. I'll, I'm leaving now. Sure. Maybe he throws military support behind. Like, if one side acquiesces to his request, right? Could you see that? Imagine J4 old Demacia working with Swain, and like that's. Oh. I don't know, man. I would love that if I could. I could oh definitely God. see that, or or I could see Swain backing Silas as well. Sure, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, I mean, Swain will back whoever I say, he probably he wants, at least two gonna... of the three sides, right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. So, wouldn't know, it be Silas great? Has the has the Witcher's claw on his side too? Yeah. If they just all teamed up with Swain and didn't realize that all three of them were just like being duped by Swain yeah, the entire time, all three factions. Someone Quinn <laughs> oh, like finds it out. She's like, oh, like the same like, set oh, of shit. instructions were sent to like three different like <laughs> yeah. commanders. Oh my god! I'm telling you. It's it's... Like, hey, that's not my bird. That's another bird. <laughs> Wait, if, Valor, are you looking spooky? Valor, who is? <laughs> Oh man! I can totally see it. That that would be great. Like I just want to see, like this is like my this is why I think Jarvan's such a fascinating character is is because he is kind of the embodiment of current Demacia. Mm-hmm. That like he is not only the the de facto leader outside of the Council of Nobles and um, the Mage Seekers, obviously, but he has now become what Demacia is right now, which is a country ruled by fear and anger, and. Where that goes, we'll see. Like, will Demacia fully become what Jarvan the Third, I mean, Jarvan the Fourth is currently? Is that where it's going to go? Will Jarvan the Fourth get de-radicalized? Will Garen be able to talk to his friend at a bar night and convince him to stop being, to stop becoming this dictator and genocide, genocide maniac? Or just needs a beer Shimada or two to convince him of that. Bros. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a beer or two. That's what they were doing or, during the ruination, apparently, because neither of them <laughs> well, were present. Shimada would just walk in the door and just be like, what are you doing killing magical people? And he's like, sorry, I'm sorry. It's like the hangover. They all wake up at like 7 a.m. the next day. It's like, oh man, I think I just killed all the mages. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do last night? Why is there Shivana's on the roof of the hotel. <laughs> Yeah, that's what. She, yeah, I, like that's that's the question for that. We need to see what Shivan is going to do when it comes to Jarvan, and we need to see if Garen's ever going to be able to convince him to do anything besides being evil. And that's something thinking about Jin Zhao. I think it'd be really interesting if Jin Zhao, like, despite him having this full loyalty to the Masia and the Crown, because that's a key point. Because I think it was the Jarvan the Third that told Jin Zhao that yours loyal to Demacia. That's who you're supposed to be loyal to. 
and yet he still thinks he has to be loyal to the king, or future king, in this case, in Jordan the Fourth. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't realize that that's not what he's meant to be loyal to. He still hasn't fully registered that in his head yet, because he still thinks that Damasia is the king, right? That's Damasia. And I would think it would be interesting if, if maybe... Maybe not even Garen. Maybe Garen can convince him. Maybe Shivana can convince him. Maybe Jarvan has gone full-on evil dictator, like, fires and brimstone all over the place. Like, he is the, the worst, essentially. And then Xin Zhao basically walks up to him and is like, what are you... This is not the Demacia I fell in love with. This is not the Demacia I swore loyalty to. And maybe full-on Caesars him. Like, maybe that's what happens. <laughs> this isn't the Demacia I married. I think, I think Riot's going to want Jarvan to be heroic yeah. in the end, regardless. Yeah. Um, I think it would I could be, see that happening. It would be interesting seeing Xin Zhao be torn if there were multiple Demacias. Mm-hmm. Kind of being like, which like, Demacia am I loyal to? Yes, because he yeah. seemed really loyal to J three in particular. So if he's seeing a Demacia that J three was aiming towards, and it's not J 4s Demacia, would he move? <laughs> that could be great. Or would yeah. he like consider it his responsibility to try to, and try to keep convince... trying to get mm-hmm. Jarvan for to yeah. see the light as yeah. it were? I'd like I to get know. inside yeah. his head. I can, I can see either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd like it something that would show him. In, get in his head, see how he feels about what's going on, and if he like what he. Because I can't tell you what Xin Zhao thinks about it right now, because um, it kind of his story seems to kind of end in that aftermath piece, um, unless there's something else that I, I didn't see. But it seemed like I would like to see him in the council and just see what he thinks after as he aftermath. sees. It. Yeah, <laughs> ain't nothing after that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but it would be t- really interesting. That could be a really poignant moment of him leaving J Four, right, abandoning him because he sees that he's oh, too far gone huge, who knows yeah. you know that that would be fascinating i think yeah i think that's just yeah i that's where i would like to see it go like in any of those directions True. i think would be really really fascinating to see and i know um, we're focusing on canon but just to throw this out there real quick <laughs> sure fuck it. the jarvin that we're discussing that goes evil and works with noxus for expansionism is just Jarvan from Demoxia <laughs> in in the uh, Odyssey. Oh, the Odyssey, the Odyssey timeline. <laughs> oh man, that'd be that'd be fun. Neat. But I think with that, I think we said all we can really say about Jarvan <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like, it's funny because Jarvan, as much as he has not a lot right now, the potential he has is massive, and I think that there's a lot to say about that. Is if they fulfill that potential. Jarvan could become one of the most interesting characters in Demacia. Yeah. They just have to do that. Um, it's why I will, I will fight tooth and nail that Demacia is a much more interesting country than it first looks. It's very fascinating. We've got um, a real Anakin situation on our hands here with Jarvan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So um, with that, uh, I think we're going to start ending it here. Uh, if you, if any of you listeners have any questions or thoughts, please send them in your reviews on your podcast of choice. Or to the email, loreroomterra at gmail.com. You can also now send them through uh, the Discord channel, League of Lore, on the Robots Radio Network Discord. And I will do my best to answer them next episode. Uh, Do you guys have anything you want to say before we end up here? I want to shout out to Mike. No. um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having us on. It was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yes, no problem we, at all. We had a lot of thoughts about J4, so that's why tell. we picked this one and be like, oh, we'll talk about J4 again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I can definitely tell. Well, with that, I'm going to be ending it here. And next episode is going to be basically covering the ruination when it comes to Demacia. <laughs> we have, I have to do it. That's the next thing. And that's just going to have to be how it is. So next time we'll be covering how the ruination has affected Demacia, the current state of Demacia, and then some wrap up on the last two champions and Shivana, Bane, Quinn, and probably a few others. And uh, with that, uh, thank you, and see you all next time. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bye. let's stop this here.